Hello and welcome to the Inspire Your Life podcast series. I am your host, Arthi Wabikrisun, and I am the founder and MD of Prerna Advisory, based in South Africa. My philosophy and that of my business is to inspire others to make step changes that changes their lives purposefully and productively. Therefore, I coach, consult, capital raise and partner with all you crazy, beautiful people in the world to make that happen. Joining me on the show today is Harumi Gondo. Harumi founded an NPO in 2018 called Type Lab, which trains and certifies Japanese mothers to understand and develop themselves to be able to engage in satisfying relationships and careers. Thus, her work centers around facilitating personality development through understanding of self, which I feel is absolutely important as well. Harumi also founded her for-profit group two years later, and that's called 16Type, which runs type trainings for companies and associations to build teamwork and culture centered around growth and psychological safety. As Harumi says, this is her third and most likely final career, which is quite interesting and makes me want to know more. So Harumi, welcome to the Inspire Your Life podcast today. So lovely to have you. Hi, Archie. Thank you. Wow, your voice is so great. Your voice is so radio-ready. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Harumi. Well, like I said, I'm so pleased to have you on board and I'd love to, to let our listeners and even myself get to know you a bit more. So please tell us more about yourself. Yeah, I'm currently living in Tokyo, but I grew up in the U.S. Okay. Um, until around age um, 30-ish. And then I have been living in Tokyo for, um, uh, for about 11 years now. Um, I actually came six weeks before the big earthquake. So that was a oh huge shock. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But I live in Tokyo with my husband and two daughters, age 12 and nine. Wow. I, I've been in basically three careers. One is teaching world religions, philosophy. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. One is um, uh, teaching uh, training in journalism, in the journalism world. And then the third one is the personality type. I think a lot of people have heard of Myers-Briggs, the MBTI personality. Yes, yes. yes. I got certified about eight, nine years ago um, until until I uh, was immersed in that work with, with the work I'm in right now. I think at the back of my mind, I was always kind of almost even like crying, looking for my kind of special mission, okay. <laughs> the unique role that I play in this world. It's like, yes. well, I still haven't found it yet. I still haven't found it yet. And mm-hmm. now I feel like I found it and it's about building on it. Oh, absolutely. I, and I love that. I love that you ended up finding your purpose and you loving what you're doing now. That's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And, and the thing is, it's not that I found it before. Like, it's mm-hmm. while I was immersed in it. Yes. Right? Yes. And I was yes. like, this is it. This is it. So it's really, so I, what I always tell people is you have to jump into it and then you know this is it. 
Absolutely. Well, it's so glad that you were actually able to leap into it. That sounds wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And now, yeah. now that you're doing it, you, you've actually got quite a thriving sort of practice going. But I know when we were talking about it, you actually mentioned to me that this wasn't always the case for you. So maybe tell us a little bit about what happened there. Yeah, well, first, when I, I was still in the um, journalism world, that was, that was my kind of main job where I was getting most of my, well, my income. Mm-hmm. And I was, it, it was a kind of like a side thing. Okay. Uh, doing yeah. So I would invite yeah. local moms, people that I met at my daughter's school to come. And so I would just do it like once a week. Yeah. And then, uh, and then really it was uh, at a very low cost. Like really my first session was free. And yeah. then after that was like, and two dollars five dollars it just I just kept on raising my price little by little but it was really about building experience um but now yeah very busy in terms of like sessions every day even this morning um Mm -hmm. I met with um there was like 10 of us okay Um, lovely last last year my NPO which I founded right in 2018 we ran 348 events that was online at all Wow. Um, this year, I think this year, as of today, yeah. if I count today, I think we ran 256. Wow. So we're really quite busy. That's... That doesn't mean that I'm doing all 256, but yeah. my team is. I was just thinking, how are you fitting all of that in? Because I mean, 340 in a go, we've only got 365 years in the day. When are you taking a break? Yeah. That's crazy. But wonderful. I'm not doing all of them, but uh, but yeah, sometimes I will run like three or four sessions in a day. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. quite busy. Okay, okay. So I mean, that must have been difficult though when you when you started off, right? At that at that very low, difficult. Yeah, at that low price point, and you know, not really getting what you were expecting to get. I mean, when did you actually realize that this was? stifling you now stifling your business and and mm-hmm. that the impact on you personally on an emotional level was actually quite negative yeah you know i think uh i think there's two kind of difficulties i reached that well there's many difficulties i guess but one was in the beginning it was about getting type known Mm-hmm. In Japan, it, it just is not known. It wasn't known at all. So fin- finally, recently, maybe in the last year or so, mm-hmm. people are starting to uh, know this type of world. Okay. But okay. when I first started, like eight or nine years ago, no one knew what it was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was quite difficult. And there were so many times when I wanted to give up there just to yeah. kind of try to explain what it is. Yeah. And then, and then, but once once it started going, then I think the other challenge that I've it's uh, that I've had throughout my life yeah. is um, being able to charge what I think I should receive. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I, I see, I see this road w- with my work as kind of like a staircase. Mm-hmm. So I'm working towards this vision, like up in the sky kind of, <laughs> and it's like walking up the stairs and to get to the next stair, I have to keep going. I can't give up. Right. So it's like going that plane, that plane, just walking forward, mm-hmm. keep going is difficult itself, right? You want to keep, each time you invite someone and they say, sorry, I'm busy or sorry, I can't go. I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's very hurtful to be rejected like that. But yeah. anyway, just keep going. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's one of the biggest advice I always give people is like, 
yes, people are going to say no, but you know, you just have to keep going. Mm. Don't give up. Don't die, basically. And then the other di- uh, difficulty has been to to go the next step, so to speak. Right. So, for example, right. what I used to do is just invite people like to a session that I'll do. Like, hey, I'm running the session. Do you want to come? Mm-hmm. And then the next step was to to create a course. So a course means that you have to pay a lump of money. Yeah. And then yeah. make a make a six month commitment to attend 10 sessions. Okay. So it, it's asking for that commitment. That was really difficult. But once I reached that, just to keep going, and I, I'm just finishing my 23rd course right now. Mm. Um, so just to keep going, keep going. And the next one was to create a trainer certification course. Mm-hmm. So that's like, you know, before I think I was saying, you know, my session used to be like a dollar or two dollars, but this training course costs $1,000. Okay. So asking people like, please pay a thousand dollars to join yeah. this course. And um, I think right now I have about like uh Eight, eight trainers on my team and then eight trainees mm-hmm. so it's a growing team um so that that was difficult as well and then another challenge has been once they certi- once they were certified they would hang around okay so they need to get experience so they wanted to hang hang around my organization i would keep training them but i'm not they're not paying me so okay. to speak so getting the benefit without yeah without you sort of actually getting full benefit from their training after okay yeah I mean the thing is I did want to create a community right mm-hmm. so that we're working mm-hmm. together as a team and mm-hmm. so they're very important to me and yet you know I found I I found myself getting tired like you know to keep training them and 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 the things that they would sometimes say to me it was like they were doing me a favor by staying okay yeah okay and so what what is it? it, it was, well, this is kind of, it's kind of like I was, you know, breastfeeding them. I would continue to yeah. breastfeed these. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, it was it was kind of like sucking me dry. Goodness, goodness. So I mean, so I mean, coming out of that sort of a situation where you yeah. know you'd gotten people trained, you'd yeah. be hanging around you now. Um, so difficult because you're trying to run a business. You've got your NPO as well. So what did you end up doing there? How did you actually manage to get them to, to like sort of go their own path as well? So start their businesses and, and what did you do in terms of being able to get over those hurdles of asking for what you were meant to be um, paid? You know, how, how did you remedy that? Yeah. So, I mean, it's still, I wouldn't say that it's been magically solved, but okay. it, it took a lot of courage, but I had finally had to tell them, I had to sit down and say, you know what, um, just to let you know, just to be very clear here, you are not doing me a favor by being here. This training is for you. It's not for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that was a little bit of a shock for some people. Like, oh, okay. what? We're doing this for you. It's like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So this, is, this is for your own training so that you can make a living from this. Yes. And I think that was kind of a kind of a shock for them. But yeah. and then I, I and then I came back and I said, um, if you do want to continue this training system, then you will have to pay me um, commission for mm-hmm. the sessions that you run under my training. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that happened three months ago. Okay. Last, and last month, in July, was the first first month I made a thousand dollars in commission. Oh, fantastic. So I was excited. 
That is very exciting. That is very exciting because, I mean, you as an entrepreneur, I mean, this is the things that you need to work on to be able to get to that level to say, yay, you know, this is all now paying off. Um, And and like you say, it takes courage. It's not easy to to actually make that sort of a change um, because so much is at stake for you, Harumi. So I'm so pleased for you. I really am. Yeah, I think, you know, being in the helping profession, at least when I started out, it was like, it's not about the money. It's really about helping people. It's about Mm -hmm. helping people. That was really like the the running dialogue in my mind. Yeah. So that's why I could do things at a really low cost yeah. and not, you know, feel bad about it. Like, oh, I'm helping people. So that's the return that I'm getting. Okay. But as my skill improved, right, as I'm becoming more and more skilled and and then I, I start to see my motivation falling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I start to hear myself saying like, well, I only got like $10. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And then I start to, I, I can start, start this cycle of what is this called? Resentment. You know, yes. like I deserve to be paid more. When that started to happen, it was just becoming poisonous in my own mind. Right? Of course. And then, and then blaming the person for only paying me $10. Right. But, you know, I set that price. Right? Yeah. I set that system. Yeah. So I had to solve that problem by myself, not by saying like, hey, you don't appreciate me. Mm-hmm. But like saying, um, you know pay this this new cost yeah and I saw that I saw that creating that system allowed me to um have more space Mm -hmm. and to feel appreciated and then in the end what I found which is interesting is that I was I was more more loving more open Mm -hmm. could become more the person that I want to be with them by, by by putting those systems in place yeah yeah I like what I like what you're saying here because you know the thing is is whether you call it a system whether you call it a boundary it's the same thing right so, yeah. so as you're saying you know you are going into a bit of a toxic sort of place for yourself yeah. personally mm-hmm. and that I was starting yeah and that was starting to play off with the people you were training who were meant to sort of continue with their own sort of businesses as well so you know maybe share with share with the listeners then in your experience and and just as you've been going through your business now and also personally, why are these sort of systems, mental models, or even boundaries, why are they so important for us to have in place? Right. Well, you know, I think some people are naturally more aware of their own boundaries. Uh-huh. And for those people, it's good, right? But the, a lot of, the, I, I find that a lot of those people that are already in the business world, you know, okay. asking yeah. people to pay them money. Mm-hmm. But I think people in the helping profession, they struggle with this, Right. right. Because there is this this draw to, sorry, actually, I'm getting a little bit lost, but um, yeah, it, it's going back. There, there are some people. I think a lot of people in the helping professions they struggle with this boundary issue. Okay. Um, and it, and the image I always talk about is it's like a house. Yeah. It's like um, when you're helping people, you want them to feel safe. You know that psychological mm-hmm. safety there. Mm-hmm. So you want them to feel safe and be allowed to be themselves. So you have to kind of um, work to create safety for them. But when you do that, what you're starting to do is kind of, if it's a house, is you open your door Mm -hmm. and then people think they can come in and out of your living room, whatever they want. Right, right. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. But then see, when that happens, then I don't have my own space anymore because Mm -hmm. people are just walking in my house anytime they want. Mm -hmm. Because they, they don't realize that I open the door and that they're coming into my room. Right, right. So this boundary is like the door where I have to 
show them this is the door and you can't come in by yourself. You have to knock first. Mm -hmm. If they knock and then I let them in, then I'm prepared to share my heart. But if I'm not prepared, then they can't. I mean, (laughs) I don't know. I love it. That's a beautiful analogy. I really, really like that because exactly that, you know, an open door, people will wander in. And like you're saying, you're unprepared. You don't know how to handle it. You'll do the best that you can. But at the end of the day, some of them may just stay as well and not leave, which is kind of what happened with you. Because I'm so, I'm very intent on making sure they feel safe. So then I I don't tell them, hey, you just came into my door. I mean, into my room. So they don't even realize it. So I can't just suddenly get up and be like, why are you in my living room? You know? Yeah. Because I open the door. So and I have to be more intentional about, you know, saying this is my door and I'm going to close it now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't call me after nine o'clock PM, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Important, important stuff. And, you know, it, for a lot of people though, Harumi, um, setting a boundary, like even the mm-hmm. smallest ones can be difficult for so many reasons, you know, whether it's things around fear or being judged in a certain way, how can one actually overcome these sort of anxieties and feelings about boundaries? And especially when you've got a business to run, you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, I, I like that question. Um, and and I, I think the answer is that they have to experience it themselves. <laughs> okay. Once you experience boundaries being crossed and then seeing how it kind of, you know, you, the, the, what is it called? The uh, so suffocation that you feel. Okay. <laughs> Across, then, then you know. I think human beings, we have to. We only really learn things by ourselves, right? We can read all these books telling us what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we have to experience it, okay. and then it hits home. Like, yeah, I really need to to um, take this more carefully. So, yeah. I can I can give it all the advice I want, but. I think ultimately everybody has to experience it for themselves. Yeah, if they haven't been in those shoes, it's kind of difficult to to figure out what you need to say, when you need to do it, and what's going to fit and in terms of that boundary. Huh? Okay. The, the, the feeling has to be felt. And then yeah. and then I think we have to see it as practice, practicing yeah. setting up the boundaries. Okay. So in the beginning, you're not going to be good at it. So in the beginning, you're yeah. going to explode on someone or you're going to yeah. um, violate someone back or... Yeah. Um, you're just not going to be very clumsy with it. But if you think of it as practice, yeah. then, you know, just okay. get better with it. Okay. So so that's what you're saying. So it, it does get easier then the more you kind of create and maintain these boundaries. Like the more often you do it, the more you practice it, it'll get better. <laughs> Is that been your experience? Yeah. I would still say that I'm not that great at it. Every yeah. time it's like I can feel my palms getting sweaty. Uh-huh. But I do think I'm more conscious of it. Of it. So I know mm. if I don't say something right now, it's going to get bad later. Okay. Okay. So every time, right now, it's still, um, I have to consciously think about it and then act on it. Mm. But I'm seeing it as practice. And then when I see someone who's good at setting up their boundaries, I'm watching them. I'm okay. analyzing going on over there and then I'm putting those into practice as well so yeah practice practice and then and learning learning from from others and implementing ways um, necessary for you as well I like that okay all right and and at the moment I mean you're celebrating a lot of wins as a result of putting some of these boundaries in place but then there's also you know the lessons like you're saying about areas where it didn't work or where the boundaries weren't set they've they've helped you grow so at the moment what are you doing to ensure you're still celebrating both the wins and the failures in your business as well as for yourself harumi i think uh, i think 
talking about it, when I talk about it and share with my team, or even right now, you know, as I'm articulating my own experiences, Mm -hmm. I can become more cognizant of it. So, yeah, I think journaling it out or talking it out, it helps me to be more and more conscious of it and listening to what other people think of that. And then, yeah, I think for me, especially talking it out is so important to, to become more and more conscious of it. Lovely. And, you know, looking back at, you know, that, that early time when you just started off, is there, mm. do you have any regrets? Is there something you perhaps wish you should have, or could have handled differently? How do you look at that when you think about it now? I think I have a tendency to look the other way when I don't approve of something. Mm-hmm. Like when someone does something that I don't think is good or then I, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to confront okay. them. I'll yeah. just like, and I didn't. Yeah, so that, that kind of behavior that I do mm-hmm. sometimes will let things fester. Okay, allow bad situations, things that can be corrected so simply they don't they're not straightened out because I'm I just you know I I, <laughs> I don't want to be the mean person or whatever. Yeah. So sometimes it's like nipping it in the bud, solving the problem more quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those kinds of things. If I had done that, like for one example, um, there's a team member that has been on my team for quite a long time and. Mm-hmm. I could tell she didn't want kind of feedback. Okay. So much feedback. So un- unless unless the feedback is like, wow, you're great. Oh, okay. So really positive feedback was what she was looking yeah, for. Yeah, only okay. positive feedback. She didn't mm. want any negative feedback. Mm. So, so that's why what I did was I kind of left her alone. I let her do things for about a year, just okay. believing in her. Okay. And then when I actually did go after one year, I was kind of shocked to see what she had been doing. It, it was just not, the performance was not up to par at all. Mm. and mm-hmm. I realized that kind of just believing in her because she didn't want the negative feedback right just, right. just uh, believing in her like that I think in a sense that was running that was my running away mm. but if I had been more kind of intentional be like listen I know you don't want negative feedback but this is the situation if I had said mm-hmm. that then maybe she could have improved you know skilled up a yes. lot faster than yeah. she is now Yes. Things like that. So having courage to speak up more. (laughs) Right. Actually makes the biggest difference in the in the short term as well as in the long run. And for both parties, isn't it? For yourself and for her, you know, as an example. Okay. All right. And and as you as you're practicing more, as you're learning more, this is going to become, you know, you work through these things in time, right? So, you know, as you said, you're you're doing a lot of the stuff now. Um, you're running so many courses, so many People are trained up. So there's so many wonderful things that have happened, at least over the last year, in the middle of a pandemic, Karumi, which is fantastic. You know, um, what's in store now for the rest of 21, 2021 and beyond for you, Harumi? Yeah, I'm kind of excited. You know, the the 16 personality type the, um, the, and kind of other forms of MBTI, they're finally coming into Japan. And okay. this is, you know, of course, I was predicting this eight or nine years ago because type is so well known in the U.S. or in other places. Yes. And I just, I knew that it was going to come someday to Japan. And yep. finally, it's it's starting to come in. So I'm quite excited in terms of like, um, um, right now I'm selling more to companies. Okay. Um, so... I'm like there's a there's these apps that are working in the personality type in their own profiling. Oh, okay. So 
Yeah, and there's so many possibilities right now. So I'm starting to talk to the HR HR branches or companies or startups. So I'm excited about uh, what's the possibilities. Beautiful. That sounds really, really exciting. And I definitely wish you well. Wish you well on that journey. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, we've, we've had such a lovely conversation. And thank you for, for going into, you know, some of your personal experiences with, you know, setting and creating boundaries and your own business experiences with this as well and what the impact has been. And I know there'll be a lot of listeners who are going to resonate with this, you know, whether it's on a personal front, whether it's on a work front as well. What would you say your sort of key or pivotal piece of advice would be um, for the listeners about how one can effectively create, maintain, and even raise boundaries as they go across time? I think I think it's the image of the stairs, yeah, which is you know just to keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, even I, I think do not I think a lot of entrepreneurial types they don't like routine or doing the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. But doing mm-hmm. the same thing over and over makes you better. Yeah. So it's a little boring. Like yeah. for example, with my slides, I like to change my slides all the time, but mm-hmm. I stopped changing the slides and I just do the same content and I just became better and better and better. Mm-hmm. So. The stairs, stairs are rising, but there's also this flat plane where you just keep going. You just keep going. That's important. Mm. And then once you're good, then you can go to the next step. And that's when you can create a course or a training certification or things like that. You have to go to that second wall. I mean, that wall yeah, to yeah. go up the stairs. Oh. The image of stairs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just Beautiful. to keep going. And then the new, new challenge to keep yeah. going up towards your vision. Like that. I like that. I mean, it's uh, like you said, you know, it's it's doing the practice in the in that flat section. So you build up to yes. a level of mastery and comfort um, in terms of yes, your yes. knowledge and your experience. And then, yeah, when you get to that next wall, it's about, OK, what am I doing next? So I can make that jump up to the next step and then continue yes. to build mastery experience in that. And then off you go. I love that. That's a beautiful, beautiful that way. Courage. That takes courage. But if you don't do it, I think you will just flatten, yeah. flatten out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and that's where you can get all of those feelings of um discontent and distrust yes. and resentment and all of that coming in, isn't it? Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. All right. Now, beautiful, beautiful words, beautiful examples and analogies. Harumi, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. And I know it's it's uh, late in the afternoon there for you. So I appreciate that as well. Thank you, Harumi. You take care. Yeah. Thank you, Arti. Right. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode today. If you like what you heard, rate the episode and podcast and feel free to write a review. Plus, of course, share with others too. I love talking around topics like these. So if you like my perspective or insight on a subject close to your heart or something that you're grappling with, reach out to me in your comments or send me an email via my website or connect with me via LinkedIn, Instagram or Facebook. All my social media are on the podcast information. If it's important to you, then it's important to me. So happy listening to the Inspire Your Life podcast and catch you soon on the next episode. Bye.